Hello and welcome to Research Roundup brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm Christy Milley and each month we'll be looking at what's new in cancer in primary care research and I'll be talking to authors of recent publications and presentations. Today we're speaking with Dr. Rebecca Bergen. Rebecca is a research fellow at the Cancer Council Victoria. She's also a member of PC4's Early Career Researcher Network. Rebecca recently published a paper titled Optimal Care Pathways, a National Policy to Improve Quality of Cancer Care and Address Inequalities in Cancer Outcomes in the Journal of Cancer Policy. Thank you for joining us, Rebecca. Not a problem. So could you start by giving us a little bit of background about the Optimal Care Pathways and their rollout or their implementation across Australia? Okay, so the Optimal Care Pathways for Cancer, or the OCPs, are documents that specify the key features of cancer care across the whole pathway, so from prevention to the end of life. They were developed as part of the National Cancer Work Plan that the Australian government endorsed in 2012. And this plan aimed to address some of the problems in cancer care in Australia and help deal with the, I guess, surge in cancer cases predicted to occur over the coming years and define quality of care and supportive care more than just treatment for cancer. They were seen to be used alongside clinical practice guidelines, but they were quite different from clinical practice guidelines. So the OCPs really aim to address some of the disparities that are seen in outcomes for populations across Australia, like Indigenous populations, people in remote areas, or people with low socioeconomic status. And the OCPs were also kind of developed to address some of the, I guess, lack of information around pretreatment cancer care, like primary care or prevention and also address the complexity of Australia's healthcare system where delivery of preventative primary and secondary healthcare is delivered across federal, state and territory governments in public and private healthcare settings. So the OCPs were seen to be a tool that could achieve more equitable, high-quality cancer care for all Australians by defining what that care should look like. And as a follow-up then, Beck, you briefly touched on kind of where primary care sits in these or the relationship between primary care and the OCPs. Could you just elaborate on how primary care does currently fit into the optimal care pathways? Yeah, primary care is an integral part, I guess we know, of the cancer pathway and that's reflected in the OCPs. So the OCPs describe seven steps across the whole pathway and one of them really is largely focused on on general practice and that's the presentation, initial investigations and referral step. So there are recommendations in there about what symptoms and signs GPs need to be aware of and investigate, what tests to order and how quickly people should be seen and referred on. So Primary care is important, I guess, in this pretreatment phase. It's also noted in the end-of-life phase in the OCPs. The OCPs have attempted to bring prevention and that primary care element in line with 
treatment. And so emphasising the importance not just of cancer treatment, but also what happens across this whole pathway is important for patient outcomes. Thank you. And what evidence is there around the impact of these pathways, both here and internationally? So our paper had a look at some of the literature around care pathways and cancer care pathways and there's certainly growing evidence that it can these sorts of pathways can improve the timeliness of care and reduce length of stay hospital stay and potentially costs as well and also improve survival so we identified some international reviews that found that cancer care pathways could improve the timeliness of cancer care that led to improvements in stage and survival. We also found reviews that suggested hospital care pathways could reduce in-hospital complications and length of stay, possibly also reduce costs. And then a review we identified as well into integrated care pathways showed that these um, interventions can increase access to services and enhance patient satisfaction and quality of life. There are also some local analyses done with Victorian population-linked data that found that alignment with the recommended care in the OCPs was associated with improved survival for colon cancer patients. That study also showed that care aligned with the OCPs in the pre-diagnosis period, so in the primary care phase, was associated with lower stage disease at presentation less emergency surgery and better survival, suggesting that what happens early in the pathway has implications for long-term outcomes. What are the key facilitators and challenges to implementing the optimal care pathways within health systems? OCP implementation in Australia was supported by high-level government endorsement and early stakeholder engagement, and also locally tailored improvement strategies. We identified a report to the Australian Health Minister's Advisory Council about the pilot implementation of OCPs, so that was in around 2016-17, and they found some of the key areas that facilitated implementation were embedding OCPs in policy and strategy, collecting and monitoring healthcare data, assessing consumer awareness and maintaining stakeholder engagement, and also integrating OCPs with the existing change programs. And early stakeholder engagement was really seen to be quite important in the success of implementation of of some of these OCPs. However, there were challenges as well, and and these included difficulty obtaining buy-in from stakeholders, There were some limitations around the data collection and analysis. Resources were overstretched in some cases. There was low awareness of OCPs by some stakeholders and there were some service provision issues as well that were, I guess, outside the influence of those who were implementing the OCPs that were seen as some of the key challenges. Talking about buy-in, how do you think primary care can support the OCPs and their implementation, and also flipping that, how can we get primary care to embrace the OCPs? Good question. So primary care has a really essential role in these OCPs and their implementation. And 
I think, though, that by acknowledging the importance of this primary care element, the OCPs are already seeking to engage with primary care providers. And I guess GPs are, of course, very busy. So what was done when the OCPs were developed was to create a two-page quick reference guide to the OCPs specifically for primary care. So it gives a nice brief overview of the key elements of the pathway relevant for primary care. The latest refresh of the OCPs also has a checklist that can be used by patients as well as clinicians to see how people are tracking in terms of getting that optimal care along the pathway. And there's certainly specific projects that are being done. For example, in Victoria, there's a project between Cancer Council Victoria and the University of Melbourne that has gone out to primary care providers and practices and done some training and education to improve GP awareness of the OCPs and how to use them. And so that program has reached over a thousand GPs and was found to improve GP confidence and referral practices. So initiatives like that, I think, will need to be ongoing to help GPs embrace the OCPs. So programs like this will be really important to the future implementation of OCPs. So you know, we need to keep engaging with primary care so that they can feel confident to use the OCPs and apply them and also to help them deliver optimal care and help GPs to support their patients um, throughout the cancer pathway. Our last question is the perennial, what's the take-home message of your study? But this month we've also gone to Twitter to ask our listeners what they wanted to ask you. So what is the take-home message of your study? But also Lucy Boyd, who is a PC4 member from Victoria, would like to know what you think the next steps for OCPs in Australia are? Great questions. Going to the key message, I think what our paper really shows is that the OCPs have played a valuable role in bringing people together from across Australia to establish what we think is really the best cancer care that all people in Australia should be having. And I think that has a real potential to reduce inequities in cancer outcomes. As we saw, there is good evidence that that can occur with cancer or care pathways in general. But also this could improve or should improve patient experiences of care by looking across that whole pathway with primary care a key component of that. In terms of the future of OCPs, the Victorian Cancer Plan was released in September 2020, and it has a clear reference to the OCPs and their importance in the delivery of cancer care for Victorians, at least over the next four years. And OCPs form a core part of that. So I think the integration between OCPs and policy will continue. And I think that will mean that we'll get continued focus on the OCPs and we'll be able to, for example, benchmark potentially against how well we are going in terms of reaching the recommendations in the OCPs. And I hope that we'll be able to do that using novel ways of collecting data. We'll be able to use, hopefully, administrative data sets. We'll be able to use 
surveys of patients regarding their experiences. And I hope as well we'll be able to show that this type of an intervention or this type of policy really does have an impact on patient outcomes and experiences of cancer care. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us today, Rebecca Bergen. Thanks for downloading Research Roundup produced by PC4. You can access the articles and other information in our show notes. Please let us know what you think about this episode by emailing us at info at pc4tg.com.au or keep in touch via Twitter where you'll find us at pc4tg and there's also our website which is pc4tg.com.au.